You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. On this podcast, we're going to be hitting no boundaries. And with me, I've got George Briannis from Softfleet. I've got Drew from Bear Solutions. And I've got Brian from Keep Calm, Save Lives, The Movement. So the cool thing is all these guys have been on the podcast before. We'll be able to rock and roll. And I, I think tonight's topic around no boundaries is really cool because it's very broad, but uh, each of us are going to be able to bring different perspectives to the table. And when I first started thinking about no boundaries and kind of living the life of no boundaries, you know, there are limitations that on, on occasions that are placed on it based on different types of uh, demographics, socioeconomics, and depending upon, you know, your location and um, you know, income levels, all those types of things that might at that time frame drive certain behaviors or certain decisions about what you believe to be your boundaries. And unfortunately, if you're not with a good mentor or somebody that can help get you out of that space, on occasion, your focus becomes very limited. You cannot see beyond those walls and, the, and you start creating those boundaries when the reality is they don't always exist. It's more about how you start perceiving that. You know, like for me, coming out of a small town, very rural environment and everything, it was very easy for probably 90% of the people that live within that community to follow a certain pattern. You know, getting married, having kids, going, you know, may go to college, probably technical school, blue collar work, that type of thing. So for me to break that paradigm or get out of that box, it was because I had people that were influencing me in a different way. Yeah, no, I actually can agree with you on that completely. You know, when I got the the show notes for tonight, I had to really think about this first one that we're actually talking about. And it was one of those things where it it made me kind of go back to, like, my past, right? When we were in the Marine Corps and the military and we get out, you go from making this big – you make this very good income. You get out now and you go to either making disability, unemployment, and your boundaries change from living a certain time and a certain lifestyle – and all of a sudden, it goes from you doing all these cool things, having a balance in life, to all of a sudden now the circle or the or the pipe gets smaller on you because now you're like, oh, my God, we're not making that $70,000 a year. Um, it's one of those kind of boundaries I look at kind of will play differently from that. And, it, and I really was able to experience that from just selling my business to coming on full-time with Softly is one of those things where I was living inside a gym for for pretty much four years straight after I left the Marine Corps, and I only made a certain amount of money, but all my boundaries were just inside that gym, the athletes, everybody inside of it, sold the gym, started making a little bit more income, doing what I'm doing and doing what I love. My boundaries have now just gone away, and I'm able to live a, a clearer mind life, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think I think a lot of a lot of that comes down to it. I know people say money ain't everything, but it does put a boundary on you for certain things on what you want to do in life at times. I'd agree with that, man. The, the money part, you can't, you got to have money to make money. You know, people talk about that a lot, but, you know, back in the day, we didn't have this, you know, free access to information like we do now. You know, you can get on anything. This is incredible place you can learn all this stuff. It's called Google, you know, like, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't know anything about a lot of stuff. You know, I had a certain kind of bringing these with my strengths and weaknesses, but as you got older, you got to learn that stuff. Well, YouTube is incredible and you can figure a lot of things out. But on top of that, I think for a lot of these guys, like especially you, George, and some of the others, like you've made a decision, you know, because you've got confidence in yourself. And I think that influence of certain people, you know, driving you or mentoring you, that's just building that confidence to get out and do it. You know, people talk about this being American and all these different things. Like you can do whatever you want here. It's just a matter of you actually doing it, you know. And yes, there's certain things where people are going to have advantages, 
But if you don't make that decision and have some kind of confidence in yourself, you're not going to break down those walls kind of as, as George talked about. So I think that's something we learn very well in the military is that no matter who you are, like, here's your job. You're going to go do it. And here's a bunch of other guys that right now are considered more or less dum-dums. You know, we're going to teach this to you. You're going to go out and do it, and you're going to figure it out, and you're going to fail. So don't be afraid to fail and just make a decision to get it accomplished, and, and that's kind of the biggest part of it. But I think a lot of people are, they've never failed before. They're, not, they're afraid to fail or whatever. They don't have that confidence in themselves to say that's okay. Yeah, and I've, I've seen it on both sides when I, have, I meet guys who are trying to become BJs. You know, we're going through training together. And they were just like a Harvard grad. They decided to walk across India, and they're going through the same training as me, where I just graduated high school, and I'm moving into that environment. It's it's new for both of us. We're experiencing it, and kind of like we we both know some boundaries that that we went through. For me, I experienced high school, and I was like I knew like my friends there. There's just a very tight knit group of just you know what I was expected to move into after high school going to college but you know i i was like you know i can't do that can't do the education piece i gotta go into the military learn some discipline you know same thing for that guy he's like you know i've experienced this like higher education world i've gone into a different country but there's also this other side in the military that i i can gain something from it's a place i know i can grow from and, and get some fruit out of you know what's crazy, Brian, is the fact that like if you look back at that time period or look back now and all those friends you were in with in high school when you graduate and you look at what they're doing, they literally have lived in, in boundaries their, their whole life. I mean, I know it's the same way for me. When I look back at a bunch of people that I used to hang out with when I was in high school and I decided to make the, the, you know, the decision to join the military and take off, when I came back from the boot camp, they were doing the same thing. Yeah. Come back from deployment, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you don't think about that, right? But, like, it's like, oh, my God, these guys have so much boundaries set on themselves. They don't understand that they have control of their life. Like you talked about, right? We have control of our life to be able to get ourselves out of these positions to take down these boundaries and continue growing. And I think that, you know, with people who join the military have actually taken that first step to do it right. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think I found the same thing. And uh, you start noticing it more as you start getting older and going back to these class reunions that these people have really built a fortress around what they believe to be their capabilities. And, and much of it's because, of, again, where they are and what, what surrounds them at that location and stuff. But there's something to be said, too, about those of us who served in the military. When we start learning about different cultures, we start going to different places, we start meeting people that came from different demographics in different areas of the country or countries, different countries, uh, we, we start understanding a little bit more about world, the behavior, you know, free trade, why things are the way they are, that you can't just, you know, I hear a lot... Yeah, I know some people are probably going to write me about this, but you hear all this stuff about buy American. Well, you got to realize that if you're buying just American, um, not everything is, of course, just American, but that means also uh, there's a lot of product in the free trade. You can't buy a lot of the same products, and you're cutting out certain things because a lot of the stuff the farmers are making are actually going overseas, and a lot of the stuff we're buying is from them because they, we can't buy them from the people here in the U.S., and that's the whole thing or reason why we came up with free trade. But anyway, I'm getting way off the topic of going down the no, whole economic piece. No, I'm with you. I think there's a principle that you're digging into, and I'm all about it, is developing perspective. And right. as I've gone to different places, experienced different aspects of the job, whether I asked for it or didn't, it's all at the end of the day, at the end of the day contributed to a perspective I have towards wanting to not have boundaries, wanting to go into 
you know, new things, experiencing new things, just so I can make sense out of the things I've experienced already, you know, especially after now I'm, now I'm separating. One of the big things I'm trying to do is just take time and, like, look at the time that I have spent in the military and, you know, pull good lessons out of it and make it a part of me moving forward. I think that perspective thing, it, that's the biggest thing. And we go overseas, we do this different stuff, and I think that's one of the biggest benefits of our job other than, well, we get to go do our job overseas and they pay to carry guns and do cool shit, right? Well, everybody wants to do that. But having that perspective coming back, and you'll see these guys and they say, you know, they, they're not reintegrating into society well. They're just angry or whatever it is. You know, we've all kind of been there. But for me, and I know for a lot of other guys, have these conversations, you know, when you're picking up brass on the range or, you know, riding a long car ride, which usually the best conversations happen in those two places, Yeah, is, uh, you know, coming back and you see we have all this here, right? Everything is at your fingertips and almost everything is attainable. And then you go to a place like Iraq or Afghanistan, Jordan, Turkey, whatever, and you see all the cards stacked against these people, but they still have this or that, or they're still happy, or they make the most of what they have. Or you meet the Ugandan guys who are probably the most the happiest people I've ever met in my life. That dude lives, you know, for his all intents and purposes, he lived in a shithole, you know, overseas and didn't have as much as we had, but he was happy. And then you come back and see all this and everything's taken for granted, right? Yeah. And going back to those boundaries, it's put on us. So I think that perspective opens up your eyes. Instead of looking through, you know, the nods or the toilet paper tube or the straw and saying, This is all it is. It's like, wow, there's a whole other world out there, and this is all that's achievable or whatever it may be, and you just got to do it. Kind of like that Shia LaBeouf video where he's like just screaming, just do it, you know? One of the best videos, I love that thing. Yeah, no, I think you're right on. I think it kind of hits with thinking out of the box, and I think a lot of people struggle with trying to do that. When so, you know, in corporate America even, you start going out and trying to find associates or employees that – can think out of the box and looking for ways to apply uh, creativity, innovation, looking at ways to cut costs or something like that. So many people are so focused on, you know, hey, I just want to come to work. I want to make uh, a living and I want to go home. And we find the same thing within the military in some cases. You've got guys who just really don't have that desire and ambition to grow and they can't see the opportunities that lay before them. Or it might be just because of the bad leadership and the surroundings. And that goes back to our first topic around, you know, the environment that you're in right now. That doesn't mean that you can't leave that opportunity and leave that box and create a new boundary by taking on different roles, responsibilities, training, whatever the case may be. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the two words that come to mind to me here is going to be fear and failure. Yeah. I really believe that to think outside the box, you have to, one, be okay with failure and you cannot be fearful because those are two crutches that are going to hold you back. Same time, use that fearfulness, like being afraid of failing as a fire and fuel to continue pushing you forward to think outside the box. Um, it's, it's crazy that you think about it, right? When we think about outside the box, everyone is just a robot nowadays. Everyone just moves. Same thing, right? They wake up. They're always in a rush. So they never slow down. And I just actually talked about this yesterday in a live feed about understanding that, hey, like if you just slow down, gain perspective and be okay with what's going on and be okay with failure and understand that that fear that you have is what's driving you to do better and it's going to help drive you to be outside the box and if you're okay with 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 being inside the box that's cool too right like i don't that doesn't bother me none like that's just an individual who you are but the end of the day though like you're obviously not living your life to your fullest and you're realistically having boundaries set on yourself and that's what we're talking about at the end of the day right so it's like 
you have to be okay with failure and you have to have a perspective that, you know, have utilizing your fear to push you to think outside of the box and outside those boundaries is going to be a huge part of someone's life. And I think people get to that point because you kind of mentioned it, bad leadership. And then we talked about perspective and everything else. And you mentioned fear. So you look at people told no all the time, right? Someone tries to do something different than told no. If it's not done exactly this way, it's wrong. You know, whether that's micromanaging, whether that's a fixed mindset or whether it's ego or whatever. And with that fixed mindset, you know, what do we do? We, we value natural ability. You know, and I quote uh, Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset, one yeah, of my favorite book. books. Awesome, dude. I don't read. I listen to audiobooks, but I listened to it and it was great. So you don't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a, I'm a stereotype. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to clarify that. I'm a, I'm a stereotype and I accept that. But uh, yeah, so she talks about that fixed mindset. You know, we value natural ability. You know, if it doesn't come naturally, it's, you know, if it's too hard, you know, it's not okay. And we tear down others, this or that. Yeah. So when anybody, anybody feels challenged for someone else's ideas, we start tearing that person down and justifying why they're wrong instead of stepping back and taking that, you know, unbiased approach to it. And then we're told no all the time. You know, people so often, you see this a lot with young privates, right? And when I went to my team, I was very fortunate to go to the team I went to, my first ODA, because I had a good first team sergeant then replaced by it just as good second one named Doug. And he would always say, hey, man, if you can justify it, you can do it. Is that the right way? Is it this? He would always try to avoid telling us no. And he would let us off the leash to go do it our way and own it, even if we're going to fail. If it's not that big of a deal, he's going to let us fail, then counsel us, sit down, and, and explain why we failed. Yeah. So we learned that you know failure is totally okay. That's part of it. But you're going to bet when I fail, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do it better. I'm never going to forget that. And I think the other part of that is ego. You know, Ego can be good and bad. Ego can be bad in the sense that, hey, it's, how'd you put this? I'm fearful of failing because I identify as this certain person and I don't fail or whatever, right? And anything, this, so I'm going to avoid certain situations and avoid things to make sure I don't ever look bad in public or in front of somebody else for all these different, you know, there's a social, cultural, whatever kind of fear you want to, you know, define there. And the other side of ego is I'm going to, I'm going to use my ego. I'm going to succeed because I am this person and I am successful and it works. So we can use ego both ways. So I think when you have people like this and aren't willing to look outside the box, it kind of comes back to, you know, that ego, that fixed mindset, and then being told no, which leads to some of this fear, that fear of failure and everything else that George talked about specifically. Yeah, Drew, and I just want to build on kind of who that TL was to you. And a quote that, that I like really internalize is, a leader will take you to places you would not go to achieve in you what you otherwise could not. And that's what I see out of that guy is, especially in the military, you're, you're used to being told, hey, this is the way you do it, and this is when you need to get it done by. But to have somebody who's like, no, I want you to figure it out. You know, I'm not going to tell you no, but figure that out. That's, that's taken me, personally, if a leader did that to me in the military, that's taken me to that place where, you know, I'm now thinking outside the box. I'm having to figure these things out and analyze and critically think through it. I think guys do the best when they're not keeping anything. Just like, hey, man go do this, you know, like I was the 18 yeah. Fox, the Intel guy in Afghanistan. And they basically said, you know, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I was like, what? Like, mm. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to do right now. You know, so figure this out, find this guy, do what you think's right. And it was what they get. Well, I kind of thrive into those situations, but as soon as I get a little bit of the box, what do we want to do? We want to stay in there. We think anything outside of that's wrong. And so I see, I think guys do best when they're not given a whole lot, like, Hey, left and right do this, head that direction, and figure it out. And you'll see guys grow a lot more 
I wouldn't want to stereotype all guys that have that capability and skill set, but there are some individuals that can take a vision. And if you take that vision and all you do is say, now you have full autonomy, you're right. Those individuals are going to shine. Some people would be like, hey, go do it. Good Lord. Before you know it, you're walking over there and doing it yourself. You're like, oh, gosh, no, you done messed up too many things. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're now I've got to spend the next two weeks just undoing what you did. And that becomes less of a, an opportunity yeah. to give some mentoring and more of an opportunity. You're just you found you got the right wrong person in the wrong job. Right. Yeah. And one, one thing through training that I see is, you know, let's put me on top of a, a five story tower and I have a patient in a litter and somebody throws me a rope and then they say, hey, get that person to the bottom. You know, early in my training, I would be like, okay, I have to use this rope, got to fix and do it, set up the sweet belay I learned. But after like I'd gone through the whole thing and the patient's on the ground, it's like 30 minutes later, they're like, hey, why don't you just carry him down the stairs? Like, <laughs> you know, you have, yeah. these, you have these tools not to draw a line around your capabilities. You have these capabilities now and you think outside the box and your tools should conform to that. I usually don't watch much TV, um, and I'm actually watching a show right now called Manhunt um, off of Netflix, and it's actually about a guy called the Unabomber, and it's it's mind-blowing to know that the profile that they're using, he is thinking outside the box like no, no other, and everyone else in the FBI right now that have been chasing this guy for the past, however, like year and a half, two years where they're at, have just been sticking to what is happening here, right? And the and the profiler that's doing everything right now keeps thinking outside the box, looking at language, looking at like where everything is coming from, and he's leading them into the right direction of thinking outside the box. And and, it, and it, it's funny we're talking about this now because it brings me back to like where we're at today with you know no boundaries and understanding like hey like you would be surprised at the things you can accomplish by just thinking outside the box, right? Like that's one of those things like everyone's like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. Well, why can't you do it? Well, I just can't. I, I don't know. I, I haven't thought about it. Well, then think outside the box and figure out how to do it and make the right steps to come into accomplishing the goals that you want to do. You know, it's one of those things that I kind of look at. But yeah, that 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 is that show right now. If you guys, for the listeners, I would highly recommend watching it just because of the fact that it lets you show like how outside the box this guy is thinking to help catch somebody. That's it such a good show. Much, it makes you that much smarter, I feel like. You think about the uh, regulations, pamphlets, and everything else we have in the military, FMs. Everybody's always trying to do it just the right way. And, and I think, you know, Drew, what you're talking about is it's not about necessarily always following those things as a regimented or disciplined approach. It could be that you just need to follow that as a guideline. Here's some things that you can do. This is what has worked in the past. What I'm interested to know is how would you do it differently? Is there a better way about doing it? And if nobody thought that way, think about it. We would have no innovation. We wouldn't have new tools being created you know, by yourself, Brian, or new ways of approaching LEO, Drew, the way you're doing and, and trying to work with them to uh, build more community awareness and you know, outreach and everything and, and support because you wouldn't be thinking of any of those things. You'd be looking for somebody to come walking up and tell you, oh, Drew, your job now is going to be X, and this is what I want you to do. And for some, that's exactly what they're waiting on. They sit there and wait for that opportunity for yep. somebody to tell them what to do. And, and you notice yes. those guys because I'll, I'll say, I'll admit it, when I was a, uh, you know, a PFC or whatever, I was standing there. We were out in the field. It was the first time, and I got a sign attached to the S3, and I, I didn't even know what S3 meant. So I'm assigned to them. We're setting up a talk. And uh, 
I, I'm just kind of standing there because I'm not sure what in the world they're doing. It's the first time I've ever seeing this whole thing getting stood up. And I had a E7 come walking over and he goes, what are you doing? Just do something. You know, go over there and grab that or go do this, but do something. Don't just sit there and try to yeah. figure out what you're supposed to do. Go do something, you know. And, and I thought, geez, I never really thought about that. I was waiting for somebody to say, hey, you know, Gowan, go over here and grab, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I was waiting for the order because up until that point, I had like six months in the Army. So I was, uh, I was waiting for somebody to give me, give me the command, and, and it wasn't there. Yeah, what I've seen, Robert, is, is something you said about like abiding by those guidelines and stuff. Is, you know, it's, it's something that many people, you know, they abide by. But the people that I've been most impacted with and, you know, have changed the world are the ones that saw it as something to deviate from. And uh, one recent example, uh, I'm kind of like switching real quick, purely for example reasons, is uh, some some talk on the land Alaska, right? It's just this epic terrain where you can literally go out there and just attack that, you know, completely. It's you against the land, and you know that those are those are certain places where like you can you can go wherever you might go in your life, you can hit that terrain, you can go after that, but people. There's there's few people who will actually like put themselves into these positions where they can see the guideline clearly and they know how to like deviate from that. There's a show actually out there. Uh, it's a, actually a great thing when you started talking about no boundaries in Alaska. There's plenty of shows that are out there, reality shows, and these people are like totally off the grid. They're totally out there. They're exploring life with no boundaries, and they're going very much back to our grandfathers, our great grandfathers, and our ancestors and stuff. And you know, not trying to live in a space. And if you think about that in terms of all of us are immigrants in some way and, you know, from immigrant families that came here to America. And, and if our ancestors, you know, in the early days, in the colonial period, if you'd imagine, wouldn't have explored and gone beyond that boundary of where they were supposed to go, they never would have realized, you know, how far and how big North America truly is. Mm-hmm. Don't be looking for the box or having somebody shape your box. Try to think a lot more broadly. Yeah, and I think another thing that you're definitely hitting on is just, how how can people start thinking outside the box, you know? Because that's not something that's easy, especially if you've been in these guidelines, these lines that you've drawn around yourself your whole life. So how do you start that? I think uh, one of the cool things that we leads right into actually is if you're if you're looking at the opportunities within the military and you're trying to get outside of the current box you're within, I mean look at. Look at the opportunities in different MOS, uh, MOSs and stuff. Look at opportunities to take on additional responsibilities and projects or initiatives that allow you to broaden your horizon. Or maybe look at new ways to get out of the current unit you're in by, uh, because you want to challenge yourself and you want to see really what your limits are, and you go into the soft community. And when you start, you guys start talking about especially the soft community and the training that you go through. This is, the, this is the place where you start learning what you thought were your boundaries and realizing the limitations and the ceilings that you placed on yourself are very, very low. That your capabilities as it relates to, let's say, SEER training or SFAS or, you know, recon score or whatever, you start learning that, uh, no, you can handle a hell of a lot more when it comes to the mind and the brain. You know, I, uh, it's funny. I think I look at it like this, right? When I went into recon school or when I – when I volunteered to go to, to the recon union as recon as a communicator at the time, and then they're like, "Hey, you're going to be, you're going to recon school." I had no idea what recon school was, or what a reconnaissance man was at all. Had no idea. 
And when I got to battalion and when I got sent to the to the schoolhouse and I went through the schoolhouse and graduated and I look back now, I'll tell you this for without a doubt, if I would have known what I was going to be going through, I don't know if I would have made it, if I would have graduated. Because why? Because I would have set boundaries on myself. Be like, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, there's no way. So I think like um, Dan said it earlier was like knowing less is better sometimes. I really believe that. Like knowing less or not having a full in-depth of something is better. So you actually can just attack it with not as much fear and able to be okay with whatever the outcome is because you're not setting ex- expectations on yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. I think uh, part of that is too, you know, you talk about kind of gravity that situation. If you knew what was coming up, you probably would have set boundaries on yourself. You know, the more we focus on what's coming next, this and that, it kind of becomes like a daunting task or yep. that, you know, that ceiling kind of comes down on you and it seems overwhelming in a way. And going through the key course, like, you know what the key course entails. Like, you know what, you know, the different training is, the different blocks. And, you know, probably the hardest part of the key course was Arabic language school. Like, you're going to teach me how to speak Arabic. Like, really? You know, like, well, we'll figure it out, you know. But the biggest part of me was you are where your feet are. Like, don't worry about what's coming up or you solve one problem at a time. You know, I'm here right now. This is what I'm focused on. I'm not going to worry about things I can't affect later on down the road. I'm going to stand right here, and this is what I'm going to solve. This problem, I'm going to worry about where my feet are, or so on and so forth. As soon as you start thinking down the road, all these little problems start compounding and adding up, and that's when you start getting overwhelmed. Maybe you get yeah. inside your head too much, like you're saying, George. I mean, yep. once you get inside that's your that. head, it's hard to get out. No, it, it is. That's one of the, you know, you versus you is one of the most challenging things you can uh, you can, you can can face as a human being. It's not you versus someone else. It's not you versus the bear it is you versus you is what's going to be the most challenging and if you do not know how to approach that or handle that or not even or how to get yourself out of the situation you're going to be fucked at the end of the day and i think you know what i look at that is being able to be present and we've talked about this on podcast before with you rob and the last one we did right rob and brian we did it was we talked about being present and at the same time right just be present at that time and moment and one thing i used to tell my students as an instructor at the schoolhouse was oms one step one more step, just one more step. Just take that one step. All right, take the next step. Take the one step, because by the time you know it, those little steps that we've just taken have led us to 12 weeks of passing the reconnaissance course. Now going into our school phase, or it's taken you through a full year of the Q course, or it's taken you through all of like you know whatever selections or academies you're going through. But if you can look at it and think about it, right? OMS, and I even tell this to my athletes who are you know high competitive CrossFitters or high competitive you know, weightlifters or even my tactical athletes for soft lead and off and outside of that. Hey, just look at it as, as one more rep OMS or OMR. And like, it's, if you live like that and that's how I live my, my life today is one step at a time. All right, cool. What's the next thing in front of me? What's the next thing in front of me? Cause by the time you know it, you're just hammering things out. Yeah. I like the one more step. I think you were related to it as well. Like looking at, uh, or maybe it was Mike or somebody who's talking about on a rec march, looking at the, um, the telephone poles and just saying, yeah, okay, me. yeah. Yeah, just focus on the next one. All right, we see that one on the horizon. Just focus on getting to that one, and so on. You know, and before you know it, you've already rucked the distance, whatever it was. Yeah, I think that's the secret to uh, some of the ruck work we've done. It's just where's that next chem light? Where's yeah. that next phone pole? You know, where's that next intersection? Like, I'm yeah. just gonna get there, and then I'll get to the next one. Otherwise, you're gonna go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, George, what you said about you versus you, uh, I just want to hit on that. Is like, man, I, a lot of a lot of people don't even really get to that spot where they can experience 
fight them against themselves. Yeah. They, the, those first boundaries, first barriers to break through are the ones that we started with, like the socioeconomic boundaries. This is what people are doing. This is how I need to live. You were made for something more. You need to experience that. And a lot of that is gaining, gaining the perspective from putting yourselves into pits, putting yourself, not like voluntarily, but you're moving in certain things, not afraid of failure, kind of that one step at a time. And throughout the, the, the beginning of my training in, in doc, it was really cool to see how like thinking, you know, one step ahead, you know, for example, we do underwater and before we'd start the water con session, I would choose some Swedish fish, you know, get them stuck in my teeth. And while I was underwater, I'd just be thinking about trying to get them out. And then I would touch the other side, I'd start swimming back. It was just like, I, I just set these little goals for myself the whole time throughout like what was supposed to be one of the more heinous sessions. And that was kind of how I got through. But then as I was going one step at a time, I started to look, look around me and realizing, okay, there's my buddy. He's going by me. And I started to see other people and the other things going on, widening my perspective up, living in that moment, you know, just taking that one step at a time. So it's also about trying to put your training in such a way through the, these no boundaries that you start realizing you don't always have to place the boundaries around you. You don't have to try to live inside that box that your focus should be on, as, as I'm kind of describing, just breathing. Just do it naturally. Naturally try to live life, try to go through life with no boundaries and see where it takes you. George, you said you versus you and you brought, you brought up a good example is, you know, I always tell people worry about your target, right? When you start yeah. comparing yourselves to other people, then it's, you know, you're putting yourself in that totem pole. You're saying, this is my performance. This is what I'm capable of. Like you, you're not in control of other people. You perform at your limits and you push yourself and having that, you know, being able to look at yourself or on the firing line, right? We'll get shooters down there. They'll take their standards test, whatever it may be, or score drills. And they'll look over and they'll see how someone else did. Okay. Well, that guy beat me. He got a 300 out of 300 and I got a 280. Well, next time, what are you saying? That guy's better than me. So right. I should probably get this many points lower than him. Like your performance is yours alone. Like can't compare yourselves to other people or you're automatically going to set yourself up for failure and then lower your ranking on that totem pole. That's a great example. How many people actually try to establish who they position themselves against? I mean, everybody sizes the other guys up, but how many people look out there around the crowd and stuff and go, okay, that guy, yeah, I need to focus on him. I'm going to try and beat him. And that's when you're actually creating boundaries, whether you realize it or not. You know, I, I totally agree with that. I, and I think a lot of people end up trying to do that and then they end up failing uh, and they don't understand why. I, I could probably do a whole other podcast just on that alone. Yeah. You know, one thing that I used to tell the students uh, when I was an instructor at the schoolhouse at basic reconnaissance course was, you know, they would compare themselves either on pull-ups, push-ups, ruck runs, testing, you know, whatever you name it, whenever there was a scored event, they always used to test, like compare themselves to it. And I was like, I used to always tell us, like, I don't care if you come in first, last, or in the middle. You have to understand that all of you guys are suffering together right now. And you're creating a certain type of bond. And it really changed the outlook on all the guys in the class as we were going through the course. Because it was like, all right, cool. Yeah, he runs a 300, pow 300 score PFT. But when we get into a ruck run... Homie that's running a you know a 21 minute three mile and homie that's running an 18 minute three mile, it's vice versa now. Now look, he's winning the ruck run and he's doing his thing. So what I kind of what I did there was I brought them in together, showing like, hey, you all need each other for a reason. 
Yeah. Because you all guys have the capability and the control to think outside of the box. And when you put those guys together, what ends up happening? You end up creating the super the superhuman of helping each other out to look to grow outside the box and not compare yourself to each other is how I look at that. We kind of did that in GoRep too. We get people in and they're all all different people. You got 55-year-olds, you got 20-year-olds, you got men, women, you know, whatever. It's just leveling that playing field. You know, let's, some of these people are going to crush it. They're going to do well. They're in much better shape than you. I can look at this formation and tell just by looking at you they're in better shape. But the fact is they're not good at everything. You know, you've got your strengths and your weaknesses, and they got theirs. So when this other person is, you know, sucking or whatever, you're going to be able to pick up that slack. And it may not be what their strength is, you know, say physically, but it may be that, you know, looking at something, you know, objectively, stepping back, figuring out the best way, thinking out of the box, those may be your strengths. And at the end of the day, like that's, you do whatever's required to get the mission accomplished. And those are all weighted evenly and those are all needed. So when people step up to something, you know, whether it's a shooting test, you know, when we do our shooting test uh, for Bear Solutions, we don't let them see everybody else's targets. We tell them to turn around. There's no personal interaction. And then we explain it later. One, to add more stress. Two, don't rank yourselves. Get your best performance and don't let yourself compare compare to others. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're big and jacked, you know, six foot four dude. Like, I got beat by a 13-year-old Amish girl at a freaking shooting competition. <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. And she crushed everybody there. So, yeah, like, looking at her... Who cares? It doesn't matter what you look like. So don't take that initial impression and let it define your performance. People have a bad instance of actually trying to predefine uh, individual roles, boxes, and all those types of things. And uh, th they can't get out of their own rut. Can't get out of their own way. You're your own worst enemy. Like yeah. you self-select, you, you defeat yourself. I, I I'm, As I'm thinking here, as we're talking about this, you know, I look at this and it's like, it's followers, right? Like someone that comes in and establish the dominance, everyone else around them is going to go ahead and come inside their box. Yep. And, and I've seen this firsthand, and I've experienced it firsthand, um, you know, in my lifetime period. You know, like the people you surround yourself with is the environment you're going to create. We all know this. We've talked about it. We see it every day. And what ends up happening is, is whenever that alpha male comes in, his boundaries are this small. You know, you can't see it, but when they're super small, right, when they're, let's say they're a penny small, that's how big his boundaries are, his, his boxes, everyone that's following him is only going to think that way. So he's no longer growing, and everyone else around him is no longer growing. So why not be that leader that turns everyone else into leaders? And I had a mentor tell me this, the only way you know you're successful is when you have others being successful around you. Yeah, good point. That right there is thinking fucking outside the box. Well, and, and you know, yep. that's how you measure a good leader. Actually, uh, because a good leader actually starts focusing on everybody else and not on themselves. So one yeah. of the things uh, or some of the things that we talked about is don't place any limitations based on your social structure. You know, don't let those kind of environmental things or the, the areas around you that are defining what you believe to be your limitations today hold you back from what you want to do. Start thinking out of the box and create uh, use some creativity and innovation and stuff to, to drive maybe where it is that you want to go evaluate what's around you to see if there's some opportunities to provide that kind of innovation and head towards that direction or look for new training or things that'll push your limits uh, that'll make you start thinking outside the box or realizing that some of the ceilings and box parameters that you placed on yourself are self-induced and you're starting to get inside your head too much so that you uh, you're actually limiting yourself and it's nobody uh, nobody else's fault. Uh, part of the reason why we did this podcast, by the way, is that through the month of October, 
Skeleton Optics, veteran-owned company that makes uh, sunglasses and everything. And one of the reasons why I love them so much is because uh, not only are they a veteran-owned company that's really about the veteran community, but they're also uh, individuals that believe in no boundaries and not setting any boundaries. And uh, that's actually their tagline. It was a perfect opportunity for us to segue into that because if you start living life in that way, you know, I think it'll really open up your horizon. And from their perspective and optics, what they're saying is live, you know, outside and realize that there's a bigger world out there and uh, explore it in new ways. And so, you know, each of us have lived uh, outside or with no boundaries in different ways within our life. And that's how it's kind of tagged in. And actually through the month of October until Veterans Day, they're offering 30% off the decoy multicam and Patriot sunglasses using the code MINTERS, the number 4MIL30. Otherwise, you can get 10% off of all of their sunglasses by using that code MINTERS, the number 4MIL. So hope you guys check that out. I actually uh, have a pair of the sunglasses. Um, so yeah, so uh, with Softly, I think we're, uh, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm correct or not, but I think we're a contributor between each other, just with each other. Yeah. Um, so like we got them and I, I enjoy that. I enjoy my glasses. I love their glasses. Which one so, do you have? I actually have the scout. I think they're, I think they're the scout awesome. I think they're the scout also. They're somewhere yeah. on top of the thing over there, but yeah. there's, they're black and they have polarized blue lens on them. Super nice. I enjoy them. No, I'm going to go like that. It's, I think it's like the, the turtle pattern. It's like marble. It's like kind of looks like lava. It's pretty yeah. sweet. It's, <laughs> it's the whole GQ look, right? That's a boundary I'm going to live in. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So anyway, go check them out. Uh, you guys will uh, really appreciate the sunglasses. Very good quality made Italian frames and uh, Carl Zeiss lens. So uh, appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, we're going to have to hit this again. we got some really cool guests that are coming up, actually. Uh, working on getting J.W. Cortez, who is one of the uh, stars uh, and actors on Gotham, the show Gotham and Fox. And uh, we have uh, Randy Couture uh, that we're lining up, as well as uh, everybody knows him with MMA. And then we have the, the leader of the uh, soft wounded warrior uh, who's going to be on. His name is Bobby. So we've got some great shows that's coming up. And then, of course, the founder of uh, Skeleton Optics will join us. And we'll talk a little bit about his uh, being an entrepreneur, how he's been able to sell multiple companies and everything and, and what caused him to create this and the tagline and all those kind of things. So I hope you guys will continue joining us, and especially you three. Join us back here on Mentors for Military podcast. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. Hey everyone, Robert here. I love supporting veteran-owned companies and Mentors for Military recently partnered with Skeleton Optics to offer a 10% discount to our listeners. That's right, 10%. These aren't your regular run-of-the-mill sunglasses, by the way. The frames are handcrafted in Italy with Zeiss Vision lenses. Use the code mentors for mil or mentors the number 4 mil at SkeletonOptics.com and you'll receive your 10% discount automatically at checkout. Hurry up and get on over there to support a veteran-owned company.